Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my beautiful guest for today is Jonita Dezusa. Jonita is a feminine lifestylist, an author, and creatress of Exploring Femininity Limited, assisting modern-day busy women who struggle with burnout, overwhelm, and body love to reconnect with their feminine and sensual energy using the ancient Taoist and tantric arts so that they can create a lifestyle that is fulfilling, nurturing, and pleasurable. Jonita is also a certified life coach, NLP practitioner, master hypnotherapist, and combines the teachings of feminine mysticism and shamanism in her work, facilitating monthly moon circles, online workshops, and sacred feminine retreats. Jonita believes that it is the responsibility of the 21st century women to explore their femininity so that they can create a sustainable life for themselves, for their loved ones, and for generations to come. Welcome, Janita. Thank you, Emmy, for inviting me and creating this beautiful space in this online world for us to dive into the depths of our sacred feminine. Thank you, Janita. It is an absolute blessing to have you with us. And I am super, super excited to be learning from you today as well. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always ask my guests first, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Mm -hmm. I love this question and I've loved listening to the variety of answers in, in your podcast from the previous guests um, because it represents such an individual perspective, but also the collective. I feel that the sacred feminine power is something that is deep within. It's something that is the innate bodily wisdom of knowing and living with the cycles of our feminine. And that's when we truly understand when to do things, when to not do things, when to be, when not to be, inward, outward. And I find that that's the power of the sacred feminine that we as women are called to embrace inside and outside. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. And I love the fact that you're talking about innate bodily wisdom as well. And I'd love to expand on that topic a little bit later on. But before we go there, I would love for you, Janita, to share one challenge that you might have faced in your life that's really helped you to activate the sacred feminine power within you and on your life's path. Mm. So um, like with everyone else, I've had several um, dark nights of the souls at different times and of my life, different stages, I would say, of my womanhood. And it's really um, interesting. One challenge I can go back to is right the beginning of my sacred feminine journey, where I did not, or I was in a position where I could not pinpoint the words sacred feminine and power together, because for me, it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, as taught by the society or my conditionings, I would say. 
And it was back in a decade ago when I was living a life in the Western world. I come from India, actually. I'm born in India and I always wanted to be this uh, independent girl. And I was lucky enough to be raised in a family that taught me to dream big and go explore the world. And I thought that the women in the West had so much of freedom to express and to be, and I wanted to be there. So I somehow, through uh, my studies and my um, corporate job, made way to get to London. And it was then when I realized that I'm here in the West and I have all the freedom but there's something underneath that was not allowing me to feel the freedom. And for me, that was a challenge to understand what it really means to be a woman who comes from the East and lives in the West. And where do you embrace the culture, the mindset, the shift, the perspective? And it was all very contradictory. To me, women in the East did not have much freedom of expression, um, although they have reached higher uh, ranks in corporate, there was not such enough um, freedom that they could express, for example, simply walking in the street feeling free. Certainly I did not feel that when I was living in India, I never felt safe. And when I was in London, I thought I could do all that. I can wear anything. I can dress up like whatever I want. I can talk to anybody and it's so safe and I can express myself as, uh, as I wish. But I felt like women here um, were not free because we were so caught. And I include myself in that because we were so caught in just looking good all the time. We were so, our freedom was more about our beauty on the outside. And I got caught in that too. And it wasn't serving me. At that time, my father passed away as well. And I ended up in a toxic relationship. I got into binge drinking and um, addiction to drugs and my body was covered with eczema. At the same time, I started developing severe case of eczema and everything just happened at the same time. And I just did not understand why and what does it mean to be a woman? I do not understand this freedom. I do not understand this independence. I do not know where to go to explore. And um, through various angry conversations with God, uh, I would say at that time, because I didn't even know that uh, I could speak to goddess. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, I was led to um, one of the teachers who was teaching about essence. And I think that's when the seed inside me was born, where I began on a journey of understanding the sacred feminine power, but it all came through that moment of total surrender of not knowing. And I find that we end up in that challenge time and time after again at in different disguise, I would say. So mm. that was one of the challenges I would say. 
Wow, that sounds like a pretty, pretty um, deep challenge that went you went through there, um, an initiation, as you mentioned yourself. And thank you for sharing so openly and vulnerably about the the kind of cycle of toxicity that you ended up in through the relationship you were in, through grief for your father, and then also the drinking and the drugs that then physically ended up coming out through your skin as that eczema. Mm. That must have been quite a hardcore experience to, to go through. What, what, what would you say was the divine meaning on the hidden blessing in all of that, now that you are on the other side of it? Yeah. Um... The hidden blessing, I discovered myself. Mm. When I look back right now, that was the blessing. Um, oftentimes, all these scenarios are put in front of us to discover more of ourselves. And I realized when I look back that I had to lose all my identities to discover my true essence. And Every single challenge was a gift in realizing where I was not understanding myself, where I was not understanding how to be, how to do life. And for me, that has been the biggest blessing when, and even now when I meet another dark night of the soul or another initiation I know that instead of resisting I have actually learned to go through it because on the other side I discover more of myself and that's a gift that anyone can give to themselves and that's the gift that no one can take away from us so yeah, there has been several hidden blessings and it led me finally to discover sacred feminine, to be able to stand up and speak about it and to share this medicine with women who are suffering from similar situations at their different stages of life. Mm, beautiful. And earlier on, you talked about the total surrender of, of not knowing and in many mm -hmm. ways, going through a dark night of the soul is, is about the same kind of a surrender, isn't it? You don't know what's going to be at, on the other side, yet you're choosing to trust and surrender to the process in the knowing that something more beautiful will emerge. Yeah, that's so true. I've noticed that even though we do a lot of feminine work, many times when we are presented with situations, that we do not know what to do, we still go into the doing bit of figuring it out, um, which is important, I feel logic is so important, but um, we forget to focus on the surrendering bit. And I, I did not understand what surrendering really meant because for me at the time, or for most of my life, surrendering felt like, um, a sign of weakness or something passive or giving up. However, it's such a powerful gift. It's like you have to be ready to be burned if you want to become brighter, you mm. know? So you have to be, you have to learn. And 
embrace this aspect, especially we women being cyclic, we got to learn what is surrender in our own ways. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Now, Jonita, could you please tell us a little bit more about the, the work that you do? How has this, this dark night of the soul or the various dark night of the, nights of the soul that you have gone through, how are those being expressed through your work at the moment? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I could um, begin with is the understanding that all of us are so different. Um, what we are taught is a set of rules. What we are given is um, five steps to follow. And um, especially doing this work that we are doing with a sacred feminine, there's a lot of masculine structure that is also required. I know I like that. But what I understood is that my work was the outcome of the results that I was creating in my life. So for example, now I, I offer online courses related to the dark feminine and, and different levels of the feminine. And oftentimes I've been told by some of the peers that do some survey, find out what the women would like to understand and discover more and then give them what they're really hungry for. And to be honest, I tried doing that. I tried following strategies and it did not work for me because what worked for me was me discovering more of myself every single day and then sharing that and creating my own processes and then giving that out as a medicine to those women who can resonate. So I became to begin to understand the fact that my work as a sacred feminine space holder is not about putting uh, a, um, a set of actions or reminders for women, but me showing up and through my presence and essence, the right women get attracted and we are able to create alchemy together. So um, it's a very beautiful blend of surrendering in the feminine and also using the masculine structures to, to support that work. I like to say that we require masculine structures to support feminine pleasure. Mm. And, and um, it was about also healing my relationship with masculine because I know a lot of us go into discovering our feminine from a place of wounded masculine or triggered masculine. So all of that is a reflection here. Beautiful. I resonate with everything that you're saying so, so deeply. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what it is, what is it like to work with a dark feminine? And I'm asking that because for some of our listeners, that might sound like a bit of a scary concept. What does the dark feminine entail to you and how do you work with her? Yeah, so I think uh, working with the dark feminine is a very crucial part of um, a woman's journey as a whole because we as women experience our dark feminine pretty much 
um, during our menstruation times, during our, the dark moon cycles, new moon in the lunar cycle, through the dark seasons of the nature. So we are very much connected. The feminine is the dark. And without exploring the dark feminine within us, we cannot step into our full essence. So I know that the, the, the term dark feminine can sound scary, as you said, and it has been many times represented as the unconscious part or the bad part um, of the feminine. And what I like to call it is that the dark feminine is that aspect of you that is wanting to come to light so that you can become even brighter. So working with the dark feminine is really about looking into our triggers and our day-to-day -day triggers specifically and understanding how we are operating in an unhealthy feminine archetype. Because a lot of us are confused between um, toxic feminine and dark feminine. But mm. for me, it's, it's uh, two different things. Um, the dark feminine is that aspect that is revered since ancient traditions. Um, we've had so many goddesses in ancient cultures that um, represent the dark feminine, like the Kali, the Isis, Lilith, Mary Magdalene. Because the way of these dark goddesses is to mirror and reflect the parts of ourselves that we have not accepted yet. So I know it can be scary for us women, especially, you know, us uh, modern day busy women, because we already have so much to do in on our plates. We do not want another um, Pandora box to be opened and, you know, uh, to face our demons. But it's not actually about facing the demon. What my work with dark feminine is to make her your BFF, you know, to this, this is the sister inside of you who is constantly reflecting you aspects of yourself that you got to recognize to become more of yourself. So instead of resisting her, I like to be able to dance with her so that we get into the depths of creation and healing from this place of void. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said there at the very end in terms of, of the void, because the void or the primordial black hole in mm. its essence is a very dark space. And yet it is in that darkness, that creation and birthing of new life and new ideas and new projects and artwork and healing work is happening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And if we really look back into our various traditions, a lot of ascended masters consciously chose the dark journey. For example, Yeshua. Um, he went into the dark and stayed in the dark for meditating and Buddha as well. And um, several other current traditions, if you see in shamanic cultures, deep healing work like the ayahuasca ceremonies, the sweat lodge, all of them are done in the dark. There's the Egyptian culture where the pyramids are, the, are in the dark. 
Buddhist monks practice something called darkness meditation every single day so that we embrace the other aspect of our um, personality, of our essence, because it's not only about light. And in some of the traditions, in Yeshua traditions, um, the, uh, the, the darkness is even called as the black light. And I really love that because it's just another form of light. Mm. And light is information. And that's what it is. It's nothing good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. And it is also, you know, when we are inside our mother's wombs, we are surrounded by that darkness. And I know mm. that you work quite a bit with the womb space. You work with the with the yoni as well. Could you speak a little bit more to that? How do you work with the womb space and the sacred yoni? Yeah. Um, so, yes, our womb is the dark space. The womb is the, you know, darkness is also known as the voice of the womb. Um, the source of infinite possibilities and creations. And a lot of us women have that space in our body as quite cold, dense, and rigid. We do not um, access that aspect or depth because um, oftentimes we do not really want to face what we will find there. So some of my practices around um, discovering and reaching the darkness the depths of the dark womb and the gifts of the dark womb is, um, is discovering the breath work that arises from the seat of your womb. So I particularly love the practice of dragon womb breathing. What I have noticed is in my work with women, a lot of the times when we go into this elongated womb breathing, a lot of anger and rage comes out. And this is a result of a lot of suppressed emotions in that space in our body, in our feminine body. And it is also really interesting that when we allow this, this darkness to take over through our breath, our throat chakra opens, our voice opens, and we are given, we are shown a way to be more creative in our authentic expression. So it's not about becoming angry goddesses, um, but it's about tapping into the depth of our dark womb to, to use our suppressed anger or emotions and transmute it into creative gifts. So I find subtle um, aspects of um, sound, breath, movement, and touch as very important um, role players in discovering and accepting our darkness and utilizing it during our dark night of the soul moments. Mm, I like that. That's beautiful. And I think what you're talking about now is, is really very intricately connected to what you started with in the beginning of the interview in terms of the innate bodily wisdom and listening mm -hmm. to our warm spaces and listening to our bodies overall to inform mm -hmm. us and to give us guidance. Could you expand on, on that a little bit more, please? Yes. 
Um, as I said, that most of the time we think that we think that we do not have anything to listen, or our bodies do not um, say or respond to us. And most of the times, also we deny that. Uh, what I notice in many women is that we are afraid to listen to our body wisdom. Um, what I also notice is that we many times ignore. Um, so the fear for me, the fear, the root cause of fear is because we are afraid to see those pieces of ourselves that are unmet by ourselves. And this realization was very deep for me because I was looking for answers in the outside. I was seeing why I was not being appreciated by, by my uh, partner in the relationship. I was upset why the world is not understanding me. I was upset because um, why I was not seen as this, as this woman that I, the wholehearted woman that I am. But what I understood is that I was not even giving that back to me. In the mm. first instance, I was ignoring so many things that my body was telling me on a regular basis. Simple mm. things like, you know, even little micro choices that we make, our, our uh, womb response, our gut response, our yoni response, and we do not listen. Simple things like, okay, no more coffee today for today, or don't talk to that person or just stay still. And we ignore so many um, little nuances of wisdom that our body keeps speaking on a regular basis. Our body speaks a lot, <laughs> I must say. Mm -hmm. And it can be overwhelming for some of us to trust, but um, one can never go wrong in listening and trusting the body because the body is always right. There's mm. no greater truth than our body. Absolutely. Something that I've had to learn the hard way <laughs> on my life's path as well, for, for sure. Well, wow, Jonita, you've given us so much information here. And if, if our listeners really resonate with you and want to connect with you, how, how would they find you? Yes, they can uh, look up for me in, uh, on Facebook as exploring femininity. So they should be able to um, find my work there. I have a Facebook group, Exploring Femininity Sisterhood. That's a collective of uh, thousands of women um, joining and exploring different aspects of our feminine. Um, you can find my work on my website, exploringfemininity.com as well. Beautiful, thank you for that. And I also understand that you've got a gift for our listeners. Yes, I, um, I have a beautiful invitation for the women who will be interested to meet their dark feminine and see what message she has to give to you. Because I feel that this is the beginning of our relationship with this beautiful aspect, this powerful, raw, primal aspect of ourself. So, yeah. I would love to offer this um, guided journey, which is um, 15 minutes of visualization where I guide you into a listening practice and meeting your dark feminine. 
Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for that, Jonita. And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. It's my pleasure, dear sister Emmy. I love what you're creating and I'm so grateful to be contributing to this field. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Now, everybody, let's just for a moment focus our intention on the this beautiful energy that's been activated during this interview. And for a moment, imagine sending that energy to everybody everywhere on our planet. Mm -hmm. To remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us who have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power and also work with this beautiful dark feminine, the more quickly our planet will also shift and change. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here.